Join me, Chelsea Erson, on season three of my podcast, Dear Young Rocker. Tune in to hear some of my favorite musicians tell stories from their awkward musical beginnings, reconnect with the teenager they used to be, and remember what it's like to fall in love with your favorite band for the first time. Listen to Dear Young Rocker Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parental advisory and listener discretion warning. We want to start by saying that this episode deals with content that may be triggering for kids or individuals that suffer from depression and or have experience with suicide. And with that being said, this story is very real for many, many kids and may be important to hear. There are people that are going through so much that you can't really see from the surface level and that it's so important to check in with your loved ones. We had no idea and we wish we saw the signs and it just happened. Pretty heartbreaking. There's just it's been just too many to count. How are you? You're going through life and it's tough, but what's going to happen to you? How do you get through it? Does anyone even understand? I wish someone could tell me what to do. Hi, I'm Samantha Logan, and this is We Got You, a podcast for kids whose hard questions are answered by the older teenage kids who have already been through it. is National Mentoring Month. And digging into this episode, we really hope that you can use the show as sort of a resource if you need it this month. One in eight kids in the U.S. have reported at least one major depressive episode in the past year. A major depressive episode, or MDE, is a period of at least two weeks of low mood present in every situation. More importantly, The rates of suicide among young people has jumped nearly 60% since 2007. My guest today is an older teen kid, 17 to be exact, and although she wishes to remain anonymous, she suffered major depression after her school crush attempted suicide. She had curiosity about what his sadness felt like and what provoked him to make the attempt. Although she never attempted suicide herself, she speaks about the battles she faced with understanding the powerful emotions that she felt and, most importantly, how she understood those emotions should not overpower her. Listener discretion is advised as this episode may be triggering if you have suffered from depression. I moved to Sweden at the start of high school. I was scared, lonely, and really desperate for friends and uh, attention. And then a guy moved later, so it took more notice. And um, like he took notice in me. He'd sit next to me all the time and talk with me and stuff. Um, But he had a girlfriend and he kept texting me and telling me things and being nice to me. So I kept hanging out with him because I liked feeling male approval because I was insecure. I 
I knew that him saying and doing the things he was doing while he was in a relationship, also knowing that I liked him, because he did know I liked him, meant that he probably wasn't the best person. And I think he himself struggled with a lot of issues, like depression, and he was on all various medications. So then eventually, in my senior year, like this has gone on for three years. It was like a living hell for three years of him um, basically playing with me, you know, giving me attention, then avoiding me. And then he tried to jump off a bridge. And then I got really sad because the summer before that, someone that I knew for actually probably like seven years, like a really close friend, like he used to come over to my house. He slept over sometimes, like he killed himself. So it was already like a sensitive topic, you know, suicide. So October 13th, I think he tried. And then after that, I think it was kind of surreal. And, and it made me think about everything else, like all the people that have died in my life, and my friend that killed himself. And I thought, like, I don't know, I like these people a lot. And if it, if I explain it, like, I think these people are better than me. These people should be alive. I didn't want to be alive. It was feeling like I wasn't deserving. And I was like frustrated because I liked these people a lot and I wanted them to have a good life. And that made me not want to be around because I didn't, I didn't want to be around knowing that they were in pain when I liked them so much. Being a teenager, it's, it's normal to feel sad and emotional all the time, but I don't think I've ever felt anything that powerful and that scary in a way because it was a bit too dark and um, once I got into that my friends that I made in Stockholm they they come up and told me like that I was too much for them and that they they just they don't like being around me because they, they just don't like seeing me in pain and they'd rather just not be my friend anymore so they left so then I was just alone, and I skipped school a lot. I wasn't really interested in talking. I think when you're in a state where you're that sad and you don't really want to do anything anymore, you don't have the urge to share or talk about it, really. You just want to be done with everything. I found something to look forward to. I think that's the biggest thing. That's how everyone gets out of those kind of states of minds. You find something to look forward to or something that you care about. I found out that I want to go to college. I want to see what else there is to life. I want to get a boyfriend, damn it. I'm not a boyfriend yet. I can't die yet. I think you feel like you've lived and you feel like you've seen everything when you're young, you know, and you feel like you, you know more than you actually do. You know, so in that time, you can be like, this is life. Life sucks. And then you realize, wow, there's a life after this. Maybe I should check it out, see if it's worthwhile. And it usually is.
I think looking back on it in a weird way, when that guy like tried to kill himself, I was so scared and I felt so distant from him and I cared so much about him. So I wanted to feel closer to him, right? And it was almost like in a way I, I, I wanted to be sad and I wanted to be feel awful because I wanted to feel closer to him. And I knew he was on medication. I was like, okay, I want to be on medication. I want to be like him. I want to understand him. I guess also it was that kind of thing, like, you know, having people, you know, try to kill themselves or succeed in killing themselves, like I've experienced, you know, feeling so frustrated that you want to understand it, that I'm young, I haven't lived. Even if you've experienced things, you know, you've had friends, you've been bullied, something happened, suicide, you know, life's tough, but you haven't actually lived yet, like, you haven't had the chance to actually become who you want to become. You haven't had the freedom yet to develop a life that you like. And because of that, you haven't actually lived the life you want to live. And, you know, you can't really make a judgment on whether or not you want to continue this life or not because you, you haven't started. I think you just realize that it doesn't mean that much. Things that happen that you think are so important. To be completely honest, I think also emotional things like that, you know, being depressed, being suicidal, it's not its not one thing. It's a buildup of things. When you are that sad or that suicidal, you're not really rational. In a weird way, you're just super emotional. Even if you feel no emotions, it's because you're, you have so many emotions. So you, you don't really have a rational thought process. Something that I, that I think a lot and that I think is cool to think about is that I try to tell myself that like nobody's actually looking or judging you because they're too busy wondering if people are judging them, you know? And I think that that's cool to think about partly because it makes you feel less alone in your insecurities, like, oh, everyone feels insecure. And also because it helps you realize like, oh yeah, like I I'm not looking around judging people. I don't care that she's wearing those jeans. People are too busy with their own lives to really dissect every part of you. It's not really your business what other people think of you because it's not it's not really about you. It's more about them. Despite the rise in teen depression, there has not been enough corresponding increase in treatment or awareness of mental health. If any of you experience this type of feeling, it's so important to know that you are not alone. There is help for you. And we will give you some information of who you can contact if you need someone to speak to at the end of our episode. So now is the part of the show where we take questions from you out there. We ask kids to age 9 through 13 around the country through various networks to submit, and we had lots of responses. So if you would like to submit a question for future episodes, DM us on our Instagram account, We Got You Show. For today's panel of experts, we have our featured anonymous teen who is also joined by Jasmine, who we will also speak to about depression on a later episode. I think I need therapy, but I am afraid to tell my parents because I don't want them to know that I'm going through anything or to have to tell them what it is. What can I do? 
Can I find someone to talk to without them finding out? Probably not. <laughs> I know in America, it's like that. Like, you can't do that without your parents knowing, right? Like, like if you go to a therapist, you go to someone, and you're like, oh, I'm suicidal. They're like, oh, let me tell your parents. I'm not wrong, am I? <laughs> yeah, that is exactly. Yeah, like, I just I just went and got reevaluated, you know, because they're like, you know, they had to check, you know, are you still sad to, you know, give me my medication? And, yeah, that's exactly what they said, you know, because I was asking questions because, you know, because um, eventually I want to become like a psychiatrist. So they're like, yeah, if you if you say this, this and they're like, oh, yeah, we have to tell, you know, a, a parent or guardian. And um, even, you know, where I'm at, um, we don't really have much uh, access to mental health professionals in our schools, you know, because you can have some sort of uh, confidentiality. But where I'm at, we don't have that either. <laughs> like we're working on it, but it's not as it's not good. I think it's good to realize that like your parents are people too. Like, I think it's easy to like think of your parents as like your parents and not as individuals. And I think the reality of it is that most individuals have like gone through depression or like they've been, you know, they've had times when they were sad. And I think like, yeah, like it's good to realize that your parents probably understand what you're feeling or they're like familiar with other people feeling it. So it's not like, yeah, you shouldn't feel uncomfortable. That doesn't really help, but it might maybe like thinking that way helps. Like your parents probably understand you. Uh, I, w I would agree because, you know, um, when I was going through what, you know, before I really talked to my parents, you know, um, yeah, I, I realized that, you know, I can be open and that, you know, once I had told them and um, they you know, I guess they sort of understood. Um, and, uh, I got the help I needed and yeah, I just, it doesn't hurt to be open. Yeah. Like I always thought my mom would freak out, but she was just kind of like, Oh yeah. Like I was too. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> well, not cool, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think my friends were like my main outlet for, and they still are. Like I, I probably still tell my friends more than I tell my parents, and I think, like, you know, if you have friends that you're comfortable confiding in, you should really try and, like, you know, talk to them. Because it is almost like therapy, you know, talking with your friends. Maybe not exactly, but, you know, it can be somewhat therapeutic. You know, I tried dealing with it on my own. And, uh, you know, I think, yeah, friends and then, you know, that occasionally, you know, that one trusted adult um, that's not your parents you could talk to, but I think mainly, yeah, it was more friends that I went to. Me, I would have told myself to tell my parents sooner, and then maybe I wouldn't be as deep down in the and in a hole as I, I as I am now. Um, you know, because yeah, I did have that sense, you know, of you know, telling my parents and, you know, like being scared of how they would react or just letting other people know because of that stigma. Like, oh, like, oh, she's, you know, acting, I don't know. But yeah, I would have just came out sooner and, you know, been more open. No, I was just thinking, because like for me, like I remember when I was younger, like there were moments when I was like, oh, like I would like ask my mom, like, oh, therapy and stuff. But I think in a weird way, 
until you get that dark, people don't take you seriously enough, which is something I think we should try and fix as a whole. I mean, I guess it also depends on your parents, but I think like, you know, like my parents cared and everything, but I don't think they realized how bad it was. And because of that, I didn't get my, the help I needed quick enough, especially when you're young. Uh, like the younger you are, the the less they're going to take it seriously because, you know, I mean, I've noticed this myself too. Like the older you get, the more you're just kind of like, oh, like you don't have problems at that age. Like, oh, uh, you know, I think it's, it's hard to understand like that it, it can be difficult because you almost like grow away from it and you kind of forget like that you also had problems when you were younger. Uh, maybe not as seriously, but yeah. I would say the same thing because that's also why, you know, me personally, I didn't say anything until I was, you know, older because, you know, I'm like, oh, this is just, you know, you being, you know, you growing up, it's just you being like a teenager or like a tween or, you know, and it's just like, oh, it's just, it's just a part of like growing up and, um, you know, things like that. So I think just kids should be taken more seriously, I guess, especially around mental health because, you know, mental, your mental health at a young age will really impact you when you're older. That's a good point. I used to get that all the time too. Like, I, cause I had like, you know, there's like emotional problems. And if I had like anger issues, like, a, you know, it, all the signs that I gave to having potential mental problems were just kind of dismissed as being a moody tween or teenager. And they're like, Oh, typical teenager. I'm like, okay. <laughs> a friend told me they were thinking about suicide because of things that have been said to them online. But they swore me to secrecy and I want to help them. What should I do? You know, you don't want to see anything bad happen and, you know, when worse comes to worse. And I would reach out to someone to get them help. And, um, you know, this, you know, I guess not the specific situation, but, you know, if, uh, you know, some friends, you know, different people, you know, have you know, completed suicide around me and, um, you know, and you don't want that to happen. And I would just, you know, even if they might hate you for telling someone, I would, you would rather them be alive and hate you than not here at all. Yeah. I think it's just about realizing that this is important and it could end up being really bad if no action is taken and just kind of getting over that. I mean, in that situation, I'd probably tell my mom or I'd tell like a teacher because like, I don't know, it depends on how close you are with your friend's parents, but maybe that's a bit kind of, yeah, maybe it's better to go through that like medium of communication rather than just going up to their parents and you're like, yeah. What I've been through, I would, yeah. <laughs> it just, you'd rather them here and, you know, have ill feelings of you for saying something than, yeah, than just not here at all. For me, it was recognizing or understanding that like what I was feeling was not how I was supposed to be feeling like it was hard for me to identify that this wasn't just like 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 as you said like a depression is normal like it's very common but like that like that's not how life's supposed to be you're not supposed to be depressed like you know like it was it was hard for me to recognize that I was struggling with some sort of mental problem and seeing that this wasn't an emotion that was like just like you're supposed to have like this is something I'm just supposed to live with you're not healthy. Like it was hard for me to realize that I was unhealthy. Like I thought I was just like, Oh, I was just like, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how life is. I guess this is just another emotion I'm supposed to do. Yeah. 
Okay, so I want to thank you all so much for tuning in to We Got You. We Got You is a podcast that gives a voice to every kid out there who doesn't have anyone to go to for advice, who might be scared to ask their friends, older siblings, or parents for help. We're here for you. And remember that right now is just a tiny part of your life and you will get through it. Tune in for the next episode where we speak with Asha, a 14-year-old who told her entire sixth grade class that she suffers from ADHD. If you want a chance to have your questions answered or appear on our show, submit your questions via DM on our Instagram at wegotyoushow or visit us at wegotyoushow.com. If you need to speak with someone about depression or suicide, even if you may only be thinking about it, suicide prevention is a hotline you can call for help to speak with someone 24-7. Dial 800-273-8255. Again, that's 800-273-8255. We Got You is sponsored by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with special thanks to PRX and Tracks for Support. Production assistant is Carolina Garrigo. Theme music by Dima. Original composition by Dimitri Lidman, Ollie Chang, and Guy Brown. Music edit, sound design, and mix by Rob Ballingle. Dialogue edit by Michelle Medias. And music supervision by Justin Morris. We Got You is created, written, and produced by Hallie Petro and Brandon Leganke in association with Sonic Union NYC. Till next time, this is Samantha Logan saying, We Got You. Support for Tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.